Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And welcome to the State of the Saints podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, or wherever you're checking out this podcast. Thank you all very much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Um, before I get started, I want to let everybody know that uh, I will be um, a special guest on um, tonight's episode um, of uh, the Pro Media um, that is hosted by Big Q um, on uh, YouTube. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, y'all, y'all check that out, man. You know what I'm saying? Big Q, uh, you know, invited me onto his show. So I'm really excited about that, man. So that's going to kick off, I think, around 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 o'clock Central Time. So looking forward to that, man, and talking to about the New Orleans Saints with Big Q. But anyway, man, I got to talk about the, the topic of today, and that is uh, three uh, players in particular, or a few more players um, that won't be a part of uh, the Saints uh, roster this 2020 season. Now, this isn't my personal assessment, okay? This isn't mine, okay? This comes from a news article that I read that focused on New Orleans Saints. Um, I don't want to misquote the website because... You know, I can't remember which one it was, but it was an interesting, uh, you know, read that I had. I want to say it was, uh, I think it was like sports media or something like that. And they named three players that will no longer be a part of the New Orleans Saints um, once training camp is all said and done. And these three players were um, Mario Edwards Jr. Um, and the other person was Nick Easton and Craig Robinson. Now, uh, I'm looking at these three guys right here, and I, I have to say that I don't see anything wrong with the guys that they selected. I mean, these guys aren't world beaters, and these aren't guys that, when you think about the success of the New Orleans Saints, none of these guys are even mentioned. Uh, you know, Mario Edwards, uh, he was a second-round pick coming out of Florida State. He was drafted by the Oakland Raiders, and um, honestly, man, he didn't live up to expectations. You know, I, I have a special place in my, you know, my heart for it. Mario Edwards, I'm always rooting for this young man to succeed because, like I, say, I often say, I know, I know this young man since he was about 15 to 16 years old, and he's a good kid, you know what I'm saying? So I've always, like, kind of uh, root for him anytime, you know, I see him playing, you know, I like to see him play, and the fact that he actually plays for the Saints, you know, is even better, you know, for me as a fan. But um, looking at him and, and how the Saints have him a part of the rotation, uh, you know, you have to say that he is definitely on the bubble and he has to perform really well. And I think that the fact that the Saints actually line him up on the inside and not so much on the outside, and you look at the emergence of a, a young Shy Tuttle, um, you have to say that it's probably going to come between him and Shy Tuttle unless somebody end up getting hurt. Then, you know, saying he can probably uh, fit into that rotation. So he definitely has to come into training camp and he has to put his best foot forward. Uh, you know, he, he does have a history, and this is not me saying this, but him being a tad bit lazy, you know what I'm saying, and being complacent. Um, when he was at Florida State, when he was recruited by them, I think he ballooned up, man. He, he gained about 30, uh, 40 pounds or something like that, and they had to uh, put him on um, a diet and nutrition plan, which he, he uh, slimmed back down, and he was able to make himself a second-round pick. So hopefully, man, he don't become complacent, and he goes out there and he uh, tries to fight for a roster spot, and he gets one. Um, the next person uh, is Nick Easton. Um, as, as we all know, Nick Easton, um, the Saints signed him from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they had him in a rotation uh, with Andrews Pete. Um, it was one of those things where the Saints uh, were thinking about, you know, making uh, training camp a little bit more competitive for Andrews Pete. Um, as we all know, the Andrews Pete sometimes 
he'll go out there and he'll play really well. And then they got other times where he'll just slip up and just be playing soft and, uh, you know, just allowing the defensive end just to run rough shot all over him. So the Saints brought in Nick Easton just in case. But the problem was uh, Andrews P played really well in preseason and in training camp. He put his uh, best foot forward. So Nick Easton was on the sidelines until Andrews P ended up getting hurt. Nick Easton comes in and did a pretty good job, man. I mean, the running game um, didn't slack off because of him. Neither did the passing game. So uh, Nick Easton was a guy that I feel like the Saints just kind of brought to the organization just to try to compete with Andrews Pete. But now as we see Andrews Pete signed a five-year contract, so that tells us right there that the Saints have high hope for Andrews Pete and Nick Easton, um, who still has a contract. I think the Saints are going to end up uh, probably cutting ties with him. I don't think Nick Easton wants to be a backup. I think he feels like he can't be a starter on somebody's team. It's almost like, uh, you know, Calamente back in the day. You know, Calamente was a, a rotating uh, offensive lineman, but uh, eventually uh, the Houston Texans called him and he answered the call. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I look at him and I, I think about, uh, you know, what he can bring to the table and also other offensive linemen that came with the New Orleans Saints. So I feel like he's part of that same mode. I feel like Nick Easton... Uh, believes he is a start in the league and I think he's probably going to ask the Saints uh, you know to possibly let him go or try to trade him in order for him to go out and spread his wings and finally be a starter you know Nick Easton isn't one of those guys that don't deserve to be a starter in the league he's just one of those guys that goes to a team and it just seems like it's always a uh, bad luck um, every time like he comes in um, you know you think about um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, when he went there um, you know, they already had offensive line, uh, you know, they already had an offensive line and he was competing with one of the best offensive lines uh, in, in football at the time. Then he went to the uh, the Baltimore Ravens and it was the same thing. And then you go to the New Orleans Saints and now you're competing with a young guy who has a, has his whole career ahead of him. So I have to say Nick Easton, you know, has had a little bit of bad luck, but I think he deserves to be a starter on somebody else's team. It probably just won't be the Saints. And finally, a guy that I feel like is uh, probably, uh, you know, an unsung hero, a guy that a lot of people respect in the Huda Nation, is Craig Robinson, man. Craig Robinson was the guy that they selected as the third person to possibly not be on the Saints team. Look, I like Craig Robinson a lot. You know, Craig Robinson isn't the fastest, he isn't the strongest, he isn't the tallest, and he's not even the most physical uh, linebacker that you're ever going to find. But there's one thing that Craig Robinson has and I love and I feel like a lot of people don't have this and that's heart. Um, Craig Robinson, when he does come into the game, uh, you know that he's in there. You know, you'll see him make a play or two. You'll see him catch an interception. You'll see him force a fumble. You'll see him pick up a fumble. Craig Robinson always plays hard. And I, I never understood for the life of me why Craig Robinson didn't get more opportunities uh, for the New Orleans Saints in the linebacker rotation. You know, he usually um, comes in when one or two linebackers go down in the course of the game, then you'll see Craig Robinson come in. You'll see him, like, come on a blitz, get the sack. You'll see him get an interception. You'll see him do something in a game that you would be like, man, you know, Craig Robinson out here balling. I never understood why the Saints just put him on special teams. You know, they made him a captain, you know, which shows they have a lot of respect for him. He's been a captain for the last three years for the New Orleans Saints on special teams. But I just never understood why they just didn't want to put him in a rotation. Maybe it was the fact that they felt like he wasn't fast enough to go out the tight end or the running back. Or maybe they felt like he, he needed something that they felt like he was missing. But I always like Craig Robinson, man. But 
looking at this linebacker court, man, looking at some of these young guys coming in, looking at the new breed of linebacker that the NFL is falling in love with, the guys that can run sideline to sidelines, the guys that almost have similar speed to running backs and tight ends, and the guys that can be able to take these tight ends down to the ground by themselves. It looks like the, the, the I guess like the world is moving past Craig Robinson, the, the type of uh, linebacker that he is. And uh, it's unfortunate, man, you know, that he's most likely going to end up, you know, leaving the team. But uh, I really feel like, you know, as long as he continues to uh, play well on special teams, uh, he's going to continue to have a job. Now, this is one of those guys that I have to say I disagree with the article on because I just feel like uh, Craig Robinson does a lot for the New Orleans Saints and um, his presence is felt. Now, these other guys, you can kind of say, OK, I understand because you know, the Saints can go forward without these guys. But when it comes to Craig Robinson being on special teams and being a leader and also like um, showing, you know, from time to time that he can play that position really well, why would you want to get rid of those guys? But those are the three guys that they selected. And that's my opinion on that. But right now I'm going to open the floor to you all to see what you all have to say. Uh, Saints fan 1021 says, what's up, TJ? Jerry Port in the building. Well, we got Jasper. We got Marvin. Uh, Jerry Port says, I felt you coming in, TJ. Good timing, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I normally try to always try to come in between 1 and 2 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. So most of, most likely y'all probably always catch me around that time. Unless, you know, I'm doing something that's, uh, you know, that makes me really, really busy at the time. Uh, Kimo Slice says, my dog TJ, the host, what's going on, Kimo? Uh, Joe in the building. Uh, Key Down South says, one thing he has in favor is the ability to play defensive tackle and defensive end. Yeah, that's one thing that Mario Edwards does, you know, and he and he, and he has that for him. But uh, once again, you know, the New Orleans Saints, uh, you know, I just feel like when it comes to rotation and, and guys, you know what I'm saying, being a part of that rotation, you know, I don't know if he'll be able to fit in. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that uh, they thought that Shai Tuttle would be able to get opportunities the way that he did. Maybe they didn't think that, uh, Shai Tuttle would emerge the way that he did, uh, you know what I'm saying, in his first season. But he definitely given uh, people like Mario Edwards a run for their money. Uh, Robinson is a energy guy. Uh, we need those type of players in the rotation. Yeah, I always felt that way, um, Jasper. And I'm going to be honest with you. You know, when I think of uh, people like Craig Robinson, and this might be kind of controversial to some, but when I think about Craig Robinson, he reminds me so much of Pierre Thomas, you know, like Pierre Thomas was one of those guys that, in my opinion, the Saints didn't want him to be in a starting running back rotation. They didn't want him to be on the field. I was going back and I was looking at like just games where the Saints would just go out here and sign guys, you know, and just so they wouldn't be able to play Pierre Thomas. And anytime Pierre Thomas comes into the game, man, you see splashes. Like they wanted so badly for people like, Reggie Bush to work. Yeah, they wanted him to work so bad. The Saints wanted him to be an every down back so bad. And it just seemed like to me they did not want Pierre Thomas to be the running back. But every time he comes in the game, he does something special. And it had people in the Huda Nation saying, man, this dude needs to be starting. And eventually, um, you know, as, as time went on, as years went on, Pierre Thomas was a part of the starting rotation. You're talking about a guy that was given absolutely nothing and earned everything that he got. And that's the way I look at it with Craig Robinson. I look at him as a guy that 
Sean Payton, Dennis Allen do not want in a rotation. They go out there and they go get all type of other guys. They go out there and get Matt Titeo. They go out there and get Kiko. The, you know what I'm saying? They go out there and get Alex Azzalone out the draft. Uh, they get all these different guys. Caden Ellis. Um, Man, just just so many dudes. I'm not even putting Demario Davis in there because that's not fair. You know what I'm saying? Demario Davis in the class by himself when it comes to the linebackers. There's a huge drop-off between him and everybody else. But Craig Robinson, man, it just seems like to me like he's getting a Pierre Thomas treatment. And just like Pierre, you know, anytime Craig Robinson comes into the game, you know he's in there. And, um, you know, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't know if it's just stubbornness. I don't know if it's just something that they see inside of Craig Robinson that they feel like just don't mesh when it comes to being on the field on Sunday. I don't know what it is. But we all know that Pierre, not excuse me, uh, Sean Payton, he likes his type of guys. He likes his dudes. He likes the guys that he drafted. He likes the guys that, that he finds hiding under a rock or hiding in the woods somewhere nobody even heard of. He likes to bring those guys forward to actually show people how much of a genius that he is. I don't know what it is, but Craig Robinson, to me, is the modern-day Pierre Thomas, a guy who is given absolutely nothing, and when he gets on the field, he shows you that he is everything. I don't get it. I, I really don't. But um, like I said, those are the three guys that I feel like are going to be you know, well, the the article says should be on a bubble, but I mean, I can bring you some guys that I feel like could possibly be in trouble. I mean, number one guy, I mean, we talked about this on several occasions. I mean, it has to be Traquan Smith. Uh, Traquan Smith is definitely the guy who I feel like is on a bubble, uh, could possibly lose his job. You know, um, there are so many young wide receivers who I feel like are going to come in and they're going to give uh, Traquan Smith a run for his money. Uh, Traquan is really going to have to have a solid camp in order for him to be in that rotation. Uh, I feel like people like Emmanuel Butler is going to step up. I feel like people like Deontay Harris is going to step up. I feel like some of these other guys, Jawan Johnson, Marquise Calloway, are going to step up. So I, I really just feel like you, you got to be careful, man. And you can't just sit up here and just be like, oh, man, the Saints drafted me. I ain't got nothing to worry about. If Traquan Smith comes in and, and just thinks that he just can give a lackluster or, or just an okay performance in training camp and think that he's going to keep his job, then he has another thing coming, man. This, these guys, I'm watching, you know, these guys work out and these guys are out here on the field and they're running routes. And, I mean, I'm looking at these guys getting stronger, getting more physical, you know what I'm saying, and turning into a physical specimen and, and, and maximizing, you know what I'm saying, the opportunities that they have. By, you know what I'm saying, like going out here and, and putting their best foot forward to for strengthening and conditioning. And I'm just worried about Traquan Smith, man, because I just feel like these guys are going to come in and they're going to eventually not have a place for Traquan. So Traquan better step it up. Um, he better put his best foot forward, man. And he better continue to, uh, you know, do what he have to do. I mean, that, that's just my honest opinion on, on Traquan. Uh, do you think Sean Payton is a Hall of Fame uh, coach right now? Uh, same fan 102 uh to be honest with you yes i do um a lot of people look at him um you know as a hall of fame coach uh, i do feel like he probably need just one more uh super bowl reign to uh solidify that um i think the one thing that he has on his side is the fact that he has a hall of fame um he has a hall of fame quarterback you know and most most of the times when a coach has a hall of fame uh quarterback they end up going to the hall of fame themselves you know especially like when they spend uh, X amount of years with them. You know what I'm saying? When you look at people like uh, Don Coriel, um, you know what I'm saying? People like him, you know, even though they never made it to the Super Bowl, he's one of those guys that I feel like 
uh, you know what I'm saying, you know, is a Hall of Famer. Marty Schottenheimer is another guy. You know what I'm saying? These are guys who, who have played, you know what I'm saying, have been successful. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, these are the type of guys that I think are going to end up in the Hall of Fame without Super Bowl rings. So, uh, Sean Payton, who I feel like a lot of people look at him, um, you know, turning the, the Saints organization around when the Saints were really terrible. They weren't known for being a winning franchise. And then you bring in Drew Brees, and Drew Brees wasn't the Drew Brees he was in San Diego. So you have to take that into account. So I think a lot of people will consider him to be in the Hall of Fame. But me personally, to solidify that and not have him wait for about 15, 20 years, he'll have to win another Super Bowl. You know, multiple Super Bowls uh, kind of help the campaign um, of, a, of a coach to make the Hall of Fame. But I think they look at him as being a Hall of Fame type coach. But if he was to get one more Super Bowl ring, I think that was solidified. How about Johnson, the running back? Uh, you talking about Dwayne Washington? I don't, Dwayne Johnson is the rock. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson is uh, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Now, Dwayne Washington uh, is the running back uh, for him. You know, I think he played for Detroit for a little while. He went to the University of Washington. Ironically, his last name is Washington. But anyway, uh, Dwayne Washington is a good, solid running back, and I got a lot of respect for the guy. Anytime he comes in, you can say it's garbage time. You can say nobody cares. Uh, when he played in that Week 17 game against the Carolina Panthers back in 2018. But he still was out there balling, man. And I, I, I just think that sometimes uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, kind of shoot themselves in the foot because they overthink things, you know, especially Sean Payton. He overthinks uh, the play on the field. He wants to overthink, underthink, undermine, overmind the, you know what I'm saying, the, the opposition. And sometimes he, he makes things harder than what they have to be. And um, that's something that always just kind of frustrates me about Sean Payton. And you look at some of these uh, coaches now, you know, they're not worried about oh, what the all, what the defense uh, think I'm going to do. Uh, I don't, they don't care, you know. Um, these guys are using two and three running backs in order for them to pound, um, you know, the defense and also wear them down. And I feel like he just needs to follow suit. Um, you look at the stats over the years for the New Orleans Saints, um, they've always had issues with running the football. And I think that a re the reason why we as Saints fans have an issue uh, with running backs and we ask the question like, man, why we have such a drop off at running back? Why this guy not good enough? Why we need to do this? We need to trade for this running back. I don't really think it's the running back's fault. And, you know, I really don't, man. I think the reason why we talk about these guys is because the lack of commitment by Sean Payton to these guys. Um, you know, I think he's just so impatient that he wants to just drive the ball down the field every single time, throw the ball a million gazillion times a game just to try to add what they call tempo. And, you know what I'm saying, keep on pressing the, pressing the issue. But in my opinion, you know what I'm saying, not, if you keep on talking about tempo, it's only playing into the, the, the other team's hands, especially when your team isn't that good. I mean, I, I, it's funny I said this. Um, back in the 80s, um, you know, Don Coriel, he was the head coach of the San Diego Chargers. And they, you know, had an offense they like to call Air Coriel. I mean, that was with uh, Dan Faust and Kellen Winslow and all them other cats was out there just throwing the ball all over the place. And the problem was, man, they was like doing all these different innovative offensive plays, but their defense was terrible. And sometimes, you know, the offense has to compensate for – a very lacking defense. And I feel like sometimes the Saints, they don't compensate for the fact that the defense isn't as strong as some of those other defenses are. 
It's rather, you know what I'm saying, they, they get off the field way too fast because they're throwing the ball all over the place. Or it's just the simple fact that they score so fast that the defense goes out there, you know what I'm saying, there's more and more opportunities that the other team can go out there and they're still putting your defense on the field. Uh, the, the solution to this problem is you have to control the time of possession. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying, it's cool to get in those, those phone booth type games, you know, where the running game has to uh, win and has to prevail to wear down a defense. I mean, it, it's good for that, you know, because it helps your defense uh, to stay, you know what I'm saying, stay hydrated and stay, you know what I'm saying, flying around the field throughout the game. Now, you can say that, oh, man, it's not the offense fault that the defense is lacking, but this is team football, folks. I mean, this is a team sport. You know, the offense, if they're not playing well, the defense, you know what I'm saying, that can hurt them because they're on the field way too much or vice versa. So I feel like the time of possession is key. And I feel like Sean Payton is one of the main reasons why we don't, we think that these running backs aren't the answer. I feel like every running back on the Saints team, in my opinion, can be pretty good somewhere else. If you put Latavius Murray, like, like I, I would say with the Baltimore Ravens, like you did Mark Ingram, I think that Latavius Murray will be effective. I feel like if you was to add him with Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans where they are a run-dominant team, I feel like he could do some things. Even with the 49ers, I feel like if you put Latavius Murray with them, I feel like he will be successful. It's about a commitment, folks. It's, a, it's about a commitment to the run. And it's not just about, oh, you know what I'm saying, like, oh, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, run the ball. And all of a sudden, like, the dude gets you know, stonewalled for one or two yards, and all of a sudden we're like, man, this dude can't run. Well, I mean, the defense has basically been kind of, you know what I'm saying, I mean, intact. But if you continuously smash into a defensive lineman over and over again, 30, 40 times a game, you know what I'm saying, around the, 30, around the 29 or 30 carry, they're going to be tired. They're going to be frustrated. They're going to be like, man, I'm keep on running into this guy. You know what I'm saying? You running into this, the guy, running into your shoulder, running into your knees, running into your hands. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that wears you down. And uh, I think that the Saints need to uh, commit to the running game in order for us to really get a full assessment on what these running backs actually have. I feel like when people are judging these running backs the way that Sean Payton actually runs his offense, I feel like it's unfair to the running backs. I, I really do. I feel like it's unfair to them because we're not really seeing what these running backs actually have. And until Sean Payton makes a commitment to the running game, until the Saints become like a top three, top five run, running attack, then I feel like we can have an honest assessment about, you know, what these guys actually have. When they commit and have a balanced attack, then I feel like that's when we can really say what these guys actually have. I mean, who's to say that if the Saints were, like, fully committed to the running game like they were, that we wouldn't have seen a year like Mark Ingram had last season with the Baltimore Ravens? Who's to say that? Um, who's to say that after Reggie Bush left and he had his first 1,000-yard season, um, you know what I'm saying, with the uh, Miami Dolphins. Who's to say that if Sean Payton didn't commit to the run that he couldn't have had a season like that b before he even left New Orleans? So um, it's all up to Sean Payton and his commitment to running the football. Uh, I'll be ripping him. Thank you very much for the $5. He says, Payton just hired me to work with the O-line on their farting game. Uh, give me a couple months and I'll, I'll have defenders scared, <laughs> scared to move off their line. Well, I'll be ripping them. Thank you very much for the $5, brother. I really do appreciate it. Um, hopefully, man, you can work with them, man, because somebody needs to do something in order for that offensive line to, uh, you know, make sure that they get creases for Alvin Kamara. So 
If you can work with him, man, and we can get a, a couple thousand yard rushes, we would really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Joe says, if Traquan wasn't Sean Payton's dude, he would have been off the roster two years ago. Um, that's a very good point. I mean, you look at people like Cam Meredith. Um, he was a guy that, you know, had issues with injuries and stuff like that. He's no longer with the team. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you have other uh, cases where guys come in and um, Sean Payton don't have the, that type of patience. So there's some validity behind what you just said. Uh, Keen Arthur says, ATJ, I don't think Patrick Robinson will make the cut. Um, that's a... That's interesting right there. You know, I, I'm not sure if he will make the cut or not, but I do know that the Saints paid him a good amount of money, and now that money is guaranteed. And when you're dealing with guaranteed money, uh, teams uh, basically have a little bit more patience. Um, they, they have a little bit more patience, uh, uh, you know, to, to watch you develop or, you know, be like, okay, man, I won't waste a squander my money. But, hey, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Uh, I think that he might end up making a team because – as long as he's in the nickel, I think he's okay, man. You put him on the outside, then you got yourself some trouble. Uh, hell yeah, TJ. Miss them Deuce McAllister days. Uh, plays he needs to uh, bust through. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, Deuce McAllister back in the days. It was just a fact when Jim Hassler was the head coach. Uh, one thing you can say about Jim Hassler, number one, the Saints always had a solid defense. They was always in the top 10, top 15. That's number one. Uh, number two, they were committed to the running game. You know what I'm saying? You didn't have, like, the best quarterback. Of course, Aaron Brooks was straight hot garbage, okay? Threw more picks than Razor Ramon, you know what I'm saying? Had more turnovers than McKenzie's. But the Saints still had a running game, you know what I'm saying? They had a good, solid running game, okay offensive line. And, uh, you know, they had some some pretty decent on wide receivers, man. You know, Joe Horn, Jerome Payton, Andre Hastings, you know what I'm saying? They, they had some guys that were pretty, you know what I'm saying? Well, not Andre Hastings. He was gone. But uh, Payton, Dante Stallworth, excuse me. Yeah, people like that, they had some solid receivers. Um, you know what I'm saying? You also had Boo Williams, you know what I'm saying, a young athletic tight end. So they had some offensive weapons, so it wasn't no excuse for uh, Aaron Brooks to be as trash as he was. But um, the running game was always solid, man. And that's always why we have a level of respect for Deuce McAllister when he was running the football. Um, you know what I'm saying? The Saints were a smash-mouth offense uh, when – you know what I'm saying? When he was out there, you know, they were running the football, big, solid, physical uh, running attack. Deuce McAllister had wasn't going to break nothing off or anything like that. Remind me of a of a poor man's Jerome Bettis back in those days, right before, you know, uh, you know, Reggie Bush came. But uh, the Saints had a running attack. And I feel like with Sean Payton, uh, Sean Payton brought in. Uh, some offensive innovation, true, and he brought in like you know uh, a guy that's super accurate in Drew Brees. But one thing that I feel like he should have uh, kept uh, that Jim Haslett had was a running attack. And um, the Saints they they do not run the ball enough. Um, I think I looked at a stat, man. Um, over the course of the past ten to fifteen years, uh, the Saints are in the bottom twenty-five of a hundred-yard rushers. Um, you know, like, like that's pretty sad, man. As much success as the that the team had. For you not to have 100-yard rushers or lack thereof, um, that's pretty sad, man. That tells you everything that you need to know about the New Orleans Saints, man. The fact that they don't produce 100-yard rushers, uh, but yet you have a, a lot of offensive success, that tells you everything you need to know about the Saints, man. Um, there's there's a lack of 100-yard rushers. And think about some of the guys that, that the Saints had. You know, you would think that these guys – 
uh, would at least have some 100-yard rushes over the past 15 years at a at an alarming rate. I mean, come on, man. Reggie Bush, um, even though he used to run, try to run to the sidelines, I mean, I still feel like he should have had at least a couple 100-yard games. Uh, Pierre Thomas, who was spash mouth. You know, Pierre Thomas ain't about to go down on the first on the first wave. He's not going down on, on the first on the first uh gap. You know what I'm saying? It's probably gonna be in the second or the third. Uh Lionel Hamilton, you know what I'm saying? I felt like he was pretty decent. Mike Bell, who was a battering ram, uh Kyrie Robinson, uh before he ended up getting hurt. Uh Darren Sproles. I mean the list goes on and on of guys that you're like, man, how in the world can a Saints be in the bottom um, you know what I'm saying, the bottom uh, 25 to 30 uh when it comes to like not having a hundred yard rushes. That's pretty doggone sad. And I feel like this is the problem that we continuously have in the Who That Nation, where we have optimism every single year. And, you know, the Saints pretty much tease us with 10 and 11 win seasons. But when it's time to come to the playoffs, when it's time to run a football, they, they aren't really used to it because they were used to throwing the football all over the place. And when teams are really in the film room, really buckling down on what you are lacking and how to slow you down, uh, you know, it's pretty sad that we always reach this point in the playoffs where the Saints want to throw the football all over the place, but teams uh, are really buckling down, making sure that they neutralize your passing game and you don't have a running game uh, efficient enough to be able to compensate for the lack of passing game coming in the playoffs. So uh, hopefully they fix that, man, because it's, it's absolutely ridiculous to me. Uh, let's see. Uh, Josh and Jesus says, uh, your video is fire, TJ. Thank you, man. No problem, man. I'm glad you like it. Shouts out to Josh and Jesus, man. Um, uh, Josh and Jesus has a GoFundMe page going on right now. Uh, he, he's attending, uh, Iowa State University. Uh, he's in his, uh, final semester, man. He needs your help. He needs some help, uh, trying to, uh, you know, get, raise enough money for his, uh, last, a semester in college, man. And we want uh, Josh to graduate from college. So he has a GoFundMe page going on right now. Uh, you all donate, um, you know, what you can. He's not asking for a million gazillion dollars, uh, five, ten dollars, whatever you can donate will really help him. Uh, it's a really good cause, man. Education is the key. So if you, uh, you know, have some money, you know, please support Josh and, you know, as he uh, tries to finish up his educational journey. Good luck to you, brother. Uh, yes, TJ, that's our theme for the Saints. Run the football or run uh, the rock or run like hell, like something, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever campaign we got going on, you need to have it, you know what I'm saying? Run the football, run the rock, tote that pill, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just feel like they just need to commit themselves to the running game. It's just absolutely pathetic how good this, this team is and how solid you have um, the running game, you know what I'm saying? When you actually have guys when you actually have guys that can run a football and you don't, that's, that's the frustrating thing about it. Uh, TJ, if you could rate the secondary one to 10 this year, uh, what would you rate it? Um, Adrian, um, to be honest with you, uh, if I can rate the, the secondary on a scale of one to 10, I give them about a six and a half or a seven. Uh, I, I say a six and a half or seven because, even though on paper, um, their starters look really good. I mean, these guys look great, incredible, right? I mean, we're looking at these guys. We got Jack Rabbit on one side, Marshawn Lattimore on another. Uh, we got uh, DJ Swearinger. We got Malcolm Jenkins coming back, Marcus Williams. Uh, you know, like on, on paper, like these guys uh, look really good. CJ Garner-Johnson. But my my biggest issue with the New Orleans Saints has never been the solid the solidarity of the uh of the secondary. It never has been that. Um, my issue is 
uh, the lack of depth in the secondary and guys being one dimensional. You know, the thing about the New Orleans Saints, and I feel like this is something that, that constantly comes back to haunt them and bite them in a you know what, uh, is the fact that they allow people uh, to come to the team that are one dimensional. I mean, it, it, it just something that continuously kills the Saints. For example, if a wide receiver is really fast, he runs a 4-3 or a 4-4, what do the Saints do? They, they put them in, in nine-route packages. You know what I'm saying? They make them run a deep post or they make them run a streak route. You know, like, and they, they don't try to capitalize or try to help this guy better his game where he don't seem one-dimensional. If a guy big and physical and he's a wide receiver, what they'll do, they'll put him like in a goal line situation like Brandon Coleman or something like that, or even with Marcus Colston back in the day, even though he could do more things. The Saints, they don't try to, you know, make these guys better. They don't try to uh, better these guys. They don't try to strengthen their route running. They don't try to uh, take a guy that's super fast and, and put him on the inside where he can just run a skinny post or, or make him run a 10 and in. Like, they don't they do not do these things. They Whatever a guy is good at, they just use it to their advantage, and they just parade them out there. And it's the same thing on defense. Um, you know, they don't try to work with a guy on his on his hands and his and his footwork if he's on the line. If he's a, a fast guy, he's a physical guy. What they do, they put him in on third down on a NASCAR package. I mean, I mean, what's what would happen? For example, if Davenport does go down again, now you have a guy who just in a game on a NASCAR package and you expect for him to be an every down defensive lineman. Well, he's getting whooped at the line of scrimmage by the offensive line. Nobody's helping him work on his footwork. Nobody's helping him work on his hands. And if they are asking him to work on his hands and his footwork, it's not to a degree of a starter like a Davenport. Those are the guys that you're like, okay, man, you got to get your hand and your footwork down pack. Well, have that same type of energy for that backup like Trey Hendrickson or that backup like Hall Grandison. Have that same type of energy for those guys. And I feel like that will hurt the Saints when it comes to the secondary as well. You have a lot of guys that are good on the inside, but if Marshawn Lattimore or Jack Rabbit Jenkins go down, you can't put these guys on the outside because you spent m majority of your time focusing in on Lattimore and Jenkins being on the outside. Well, these guys can get hurt. And what are you going to do? You go, you're going to put a nickel on the outside who has been practicing nickel throughout the week, who has been practicing nickel in, in, in training camp, and these guys go out there and they just get roasted and toasted if, if somebody goes down. And it's just absolutely sad that you continuously do the same thing over and over again and you expect the result to be different. You need depth at the secondary. You need guys that can step in on the inside and the outside. I mean, look at the Philadelphia Eagles last season. I mean, they were decimated in the secondary. I mean, absolutely destroyed, trashed. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins was like the only person that started all season long. They were plugging and playing and copying and pasting all these guys all over the field. You know what I'm saying? Like they were trying their best to try to keep a solid secondary. And they did just enough to make it to the playoffs. And I'm just wondering to myself, how in the world can you ask a guy to play safety one week in an outside corner the next week, and these guys are, are, are shutting teams down and teams are only scoring 19 and 17 points on this team? Like, huh? And it wasn't the fact that they were getting, like, penetration or they was getting to the quarterback. That wasn't the case. I mean, they were, they were really locking down on these receivers. So I, I wonder, like, why don't the Saints just try to follow suit? And why don't they realize that, when one guy goes down, you put a nickel on the outside, and the result is still the same. 
It's rather you have to look at your coaches and be like, hey, man, why why isn't this guy ready to play on the outside? Why is it that he suffers when he goes to the outside, but he plays pretty solid on the inside? We need to work it with these guys both ways. The Saints need to start getting cornerbacks that can play both ways. You want guys that are physical on the inside and physical on the outside. I understand that some of these guys don't have top-end speed to be able to keep up with some of these guys on the outside like the Julios and the Chris Godwins and the Mike Evans of the world. But at the same time, you still want guys to be able to be physical and be able to, you know, kind of beat up these receivers. And this is something that the Saints have suffered with for the past three to four years. It's been a same old song and dance. And as a Saints fan, I have to say that I'm really tired of watching this over and over again. But they are very solid secondary as starters, okay? That's the reason why I say a six and a half, okay? They're a solid six and a half because, you know, they don't have anybody outside of that. I mean, do you trust the backup of Marshawn Lattimore to come in and give you, you're not going to give the same production. There's a reason why Lattimore is a starter, but do you trust him enough to be like, man, we're going to be okay until Lattimore gets back? No, you don't. I mean, it's just the truth. You do not trust the backup to Marshawn Lattimore. You do not trust the backup to Janoris Jenkins. You are crossing your fingers and hoping and wishing and praying that these guys can play a 16-game season. Me personally, who that nation, I am very concerned about the same secondary. It looks good on paper. If I'm playing Madden and I cut off the injuries um, for the franchise mode and I simulate the season, I I'm kind of confident that the Saints end up in a divisional round or the NFC Championship game, okay, if I'm playing Madden. But unfortunately, life don't work like that. Injuries occur. Guys get hurt, and you know what I'm saying? You need guys that are going to be able to step up. The next man up mentality does not work in the secondary for the Saints. It just does not, and I'm very concerned about that. So on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, Adrian, I'm going to have to give them a 6.5, my friend. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's see. Let's go to someone else. Uh, I feel like Eli Apple could have been a good cornerback for depth. I agree with that, Anthony. You know, I, I really feel like uh, Eli Apple could have been – Okay, on the inside. Um, this is a guy that's about six foot one, two hundred and ten, two hundred eleven pounds. That's a big physical guy that you line up on the inside, man. And um, he can beat up on some folks. That that's just the truth, you know. I, I think that if you would have kept Eli Apple, I don't think he was asking for too much bread. Um, I don't know if just the Saints were just like, man, we done with this dude or what. Um, but I, I really think he could have been a solid inside corner. And, you know what I'm saying, in emergencies, I still trust him enough to be able to play on the outside. I mean, we've seen him play on the outside now. You can say he left much to be desired, but I still trust him to a point where I feel like he can play pretty good for a couple games if we miss out on a Jackrabbit or a Lattimore. You know, I really do. I mean, he played pretty well uh, when he when Lattimore went down for those couple games and he, he went up against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Man, he was out there balling, so... Um, I would I would trust him enough in a few games. Now, over a 16-game season, you might see some some ups and downs. But just to plug him in because Lattimore Jackrabbit is hurt, I, I trust him um, to actually play pretty well. Who was a better Saint, Kenny Steele or uh, Traquan Smith? Man, that goes without question. Um, Kenny, Kenny Steele was better than Traquan Smith. Uh, and I guess, like, if I'm looking at these guys right um, for their first few years, Kenny Smith was Kenny Smith. Uh, Kenny Stills <laughs> was better than, than Traquan Smith. I mean, that, that goes without saying, man. I mean, Kenny Stills was pretty good. A lot of people were upset when he ended up um, leaving. Sean Payton used multiple running backs to share the load. Soon as they get high, Payton have... <laughs> 
uh, take them out instead of building off their momentum. Peyton will get a 10-yard run, then pass the next two plays. Yep, that's that's him. No patience for the running game. Um, not, none at all. You know what I'm saying? So quick to try to throw the football, trying to throw the ball all over the place, trying to wild the crowd. I ain't about all that. Um, I feel like his ego is a big issue. Uh, any updates on Clowney? No, same old, same old. Nobody has signed Clowney yet. Uh, he hasn't committed to any team, so pretty sure it's going to come up pretty soon as we get closer to training camp. Uh, our CBS um, wasn't ready when Lattimore went down and um, offensive uh, tackle Patrick Robinson came in <laughs> and got toasted. <laughs> they, oh, oh, he said overtime. Okay, I, about to say, I thought you were saying he's slow as offensive line. But okay, but he said an OT. Yeah, they wasn't ready, man. And and they got exposed too. You know, like as soon as Patrick Robinson came in the game, Kirk Cousins knew right then and there. When he seen him go down, he was like, I got him. You know, for these guys to not to say that these guys don't uh, do film study, I mean, they definitely did film study on him. It's almost like in a Super Bowl um, back in 2009. Um, I think uh, Tracy Porter ended up leaving the game and the Saints uh, replaced him with Usama Young. And as soon as uh, Tracy Porter went out the game, uh, Peyton Manning threw that fade to Pierre Garcon for a touchdown, and it was on Usama Young. They 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 watched him. He knew. As soon as Tracy Porter went down, here come Usama Young, and he and they took advantage of it. It was the same way in that wild card game. You know, when they saw that uh, Lattimore was down, when they seen that he was out the game, they ended up putting in uh, Patrick Robinson, and what did Kirk Cousins do? He went right to Adam Thielen. He, he realized that was a, match, a mismatch, and he took advantage of it. That's just good film study. Uh, do you feel that Aaron Glenn is a great secondary coach? It seems like he has failed with Ken Crawley and Eli Apple at the second cornerback spot. Uh, I, I really do feel like he's a good, solid secondary coach. You know, I will say this, man. He brought a level of confidence uh, to the secondary. You know, they, they talk about it all the time in practice, man. These guys are, are, are yip-yapping and, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's been several times with Sean Payton. Um, when Sean Payton... Uh, has, you know, has talked to uh, Aaron Glenn and told him, man, you need to kind of get your uh, secondary to kind of pipe down a little bit because these guys are really flying around the field with a level of confidence. So he did bring that uh, interesting dynamic uh, to uh, the uh, to the New Orleans Saints. So uh, the only problem is I just feel like they, their technique is just not good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like they need to work on their technique uh, I feel like the Saints, uh, instead of trying to get guys on the ground at times when they give up big plays, I think they just sometimes, you know, just try to do way too much. Like, for example, like if you give up a 30-some-yard play, it turns to a 50-yard play because you're trying to pull the ball out the wide receiver hands for 20 yards. Well, sometimes it's just best to, like, take, you know what I'm saying, take that L. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's a 35-yard play, just get them down on the ground. Now, I just think about this. You know, like, even when we talk about George Kittle, that last play on the fourth and two. Now, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what I'm saying, they would have converted it, but who's to say if these guys weren't trying to pull, you know what I'm saying, to pull on George Kittle for another 20 yards, they would have been in field goal range. If they would have just got the guy down on the ground, like, you know what I'm saying, the damage already been done. He already converted the fourth down play as a first down. But there's still aren't past the 50-yard line. They still aren't in um, in Saints territory. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the, the way I look at it, like, they, they try to do way too much. So I don't know if that's something that they need to uh, kind of 
peel back a little bit. I understand that turnovers are key, but sometimes it's about instinct and film study. You know, like sometimes you got to know what the what the wide receiver is going to do. Maybe you can jump in front of a route and get a pick instead of just trying to yank on the ball. It's been a lot of plays like that from the Saints that has cost them in games because they're so focused on trying to get the turnover and. I guess, like, the guy embarrassing them or, or, or getting the yards that he needs, like, just get him down on the ground. The damage already been done. Uh, we definitely need more cornerback depth. Uh, Apple wasn't nearly as bad as people betray. He was better than P. Rob uh, first go around with us. Yeah, I agree with that. Patrick Robinson had a couple of good years uh, with the uh, Eagles, and he, he got back with New Orleans, so... Um, but he, he ended up being injured and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. Uh, do you think the Saints will make another big midseason trade like trading for Patrick Peterson? Uh, I think it depends on how the season goes, Gerald. Um, I don't know if they're going to just go, come out and just do it. Uh, the Saints kind of just focus on how the season is going, um, what happens to players in the middle of the season, and then they try to you know do something. But if the guys are playing pretty good, I mean, I don't see no reason why they can, try, you know, try to get somebody like Patrick Peterson. I don't know. But if somebody goes down and there's an opportunity for Patrick Peterson to become a saint, why not? Uh, man, we need Fred Thomas back and a secondary as a backup. TJ, when you dropping it? Um, I don't, man, I have to get your information. Um, I got to get your information on the, uh, you know what I'm saying, on the GoFundMe. Um, Josh, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know if you want me to put it on your, your page or you just want me to, uh, just post it so people can take a look at it. I mean, anyway, anyway, any way you want to do it, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. So I, I'm not sure because I don't have your GoFundMe information in order for me to paste it on your page, but, um, I'll, I'll be glad to, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be glad to post it here on the State of the Saints, man, where people can actually check out the video. Uh, once again, man, Josh and Jesus, uh, he's trying to uh, raise money uh, to uh, finish his last semester of uh, college at Iowa State. So we got a GoFundMe going. Um, I'm probably going to post a video on my page so y'all can check it out. And I, I encourage you all to please share it with, with your friends and stuff like that so uh, Josh can uh, get the money that he needs in order for him to finish up, man. So so uh, y'all make sure that y'all support that. He will also be on the um, Facebook page of the State of the Saints. And uh, like I said, hopefully he get the money that he needs, man. Uh, which wide receiver do you think will make it like as wide receiver five or six? Um, probably somebody like uh, Lil Jordan Humphreys or uh, somebody like Jawan Johnson. I see somebody like uh, Marquise Calloway playing right away. I feel like Jawan Johnson, who's a, a possession receiver, uh, might end up playing later on, maybe getting activated off the practice squad. Uh, what's good? Who that family? TJ, my broski. What's on today's agenda? Well, Kirion, um, um, I have I'm a special guest on uh, Big Q's uh, podcast today. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, so we're gonna be talking about New Orleans Saints on his channel. Uh, you all check it out. Um, it's a uh, pro media. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Pro media uh, is his page. Uh, so we'll be talking about New Orleans Saints with him, and that's about it, man. <laughs> Uh, Talib is a, a good veteran cornerback for us. Uh, what do you think? I think so. Um, I think that if he's still out there and he's still available and he still wants to play and the Saints think that he still has something on, left in the tank, why not? I mean, he goes out there and he performs really well. He's still shutting people down um, at the age of 34, I think. So why not? 
The Saints will figure out some way to sit Breeze for four or five games this year. Uh, if he uh, don't get an injury, uh, they'll make one up. They know he can't play for a full season. Um, that's interesting. I don't see that happening, though, man. I see uh, Drew Brees has way too much pride for that. Way too much pride. Uh, yeah, posting it here is what I thought you would do. Yeah, man, I got you. I, I posted once uh, this is all said and done. Uh, so uh, you believe uh, Winston will start five games this season to keep Drew fresh for the playoffs? No, I don't. I feel like Drew has way too much pride to be sitting on the sidelines if he's not hurt. I don't see that happening. And neither do I see Sean Payton doing that. Now, I see these guys probably playing in a game, you know what I'm saying, where you might have a package or two for them, but um, I don't see them just completely sitting Drew Brees like like he Kawhi Leonard or something. No, I don't see that happening. Uh, TJ, I had my first actual football practice today. I hope the Saints can get working ASAP uh, and as safe as possible. Yeah, Anthony, man, good luck to you, brother. You know what I'm saying? Be safe out there. I uh, hope you have a good, solid season, man. Looking forward to hearing some good things from you. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, everything work out for you, my friend. Uh, Scooby-Doo Do It Too says, who that? Uh, Gerald says, can you see the same splitting reps between Drew Brees and Taysom Hill? I don't know about splitting reps, but I think you're going to see a larger sample size under center for Taysom Hill this season. I really believe that. Uh, let me see. Scoob, my main man, what's happening? And shouts out to Scooby. And. And he uh, says, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Man, shouts out to uh, everybody that is uh, joining the live right now. I really do appreciate you all. Uh, thank you all so much, man. Like This is always the highlight of my day, talking to all the Saints. Um, I really do appreciate that. I'm trying to see if I can see any other Saints news that uh, may came down the pipe that I that I missed. I mean, it's been, it's been relatively slow um, when it comes to the news with the New Orleans Saints. Haven't seen much uh, come from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, just... Just a few uh, articles here and there, but we basically just kind of just talked about everything already. Um, they talk about Tommy Stevens and stuff like that, him being compared to Taysom Hill. Uh, you know, a lot of people feel like he's the next Taysom Hill just when, I guess, uh, Drew Brees retiring. Let's just say Taysom Hill becomes a starter. Or if Taysom Hill end up leaving because Jameis Winston stays, they'll have somebody that has the same similar skill set as a Taysom. I don't know, man. I don't think Taysom is a, a plug-and-play type player. I think he has a lot of heart. Um, he's he's a really determined guy. And um, I, I really don't feel like you can just plug and play that type of production or that type of heart just because they have the same similar skill set. I, I don't see that happening. Um, I wanted to make sure that I let everybody know the right name of Big Q's for a podcast. It's called The Sports Coma. Uh, with Big Q and the guys. Um, so that's that's the name of the show I'll be on tonight, the Sports uh, Coma uh, with Big Q and the guys. So y'all check it out. Uh, do you think uh, we have uh, some of the best special team units in football? Yeah, I do. I really do. I think they're really, really good. Uh, if Jameis uh, does play five games, uh, what our record going to be if, in those games? I say three and two. Yeah, it could be. Um if you combine that in a, in a running game, who's to say? Might might have the same record as a, a Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you be on you be on basketball, TJ. If so, which team you repping? Um, I'm not a real big basketball fan. I don't really follow basketball like that. Um, you know, I only watch basketball in the, during the postseason and the playoffs. You know, I feel like it gets a little bit more interesting. But you know, I'm always rooting for the Pelicans and stuff like that. I want to see them successful. You know, Zion Williamson. 
made me like want to watch basketball, you know, just to see how he's going to fail with the Pelicans. But um, I'm not one of those guys that just, you know, just die, a diehard basketball fan. You know, I feel like um, basketball a little bit soft. You know, I feel like these guys are a little soft and um, you sneeze on these boys as a foul. Um, the majority of their stars uh, get most of their points at the foul line. You know what I'm saying? Like they can't do nothing to them. They're not really physical, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, I don't know, man. Basketball just kind of took a step back, in my opinion. I like guys who, who are physical and stuff like that. I, used, I, I like the, you know, I guess I'm an old head when it comes to basketball. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like in a, you know, 97, 98 when Jordan was playing and stuff like that, man, when them boys was out there and, you know, points was hard to come by and, you know, the stars were really stars because they earned it, not because, you know, the media wants them to be stars and, you know what I'm saying, the, the referees catapult them into stardom with the fouls and the whistles. I'm, I'm good on that, okay? So not really a big fan, but I do watch in the postseason. Uh, TJ, we finally get to watch you and Big Q at the same time. I'm too hyped. Yeah, man, I'm really excited about it too, man. I'm happy to be a part of, you know, uh, the show. And um, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, do you see Harris seeing more snaps due to special teams or wide receiver battles? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, I think that he's going to be on the field a lot more. Uh, I think that the Saints are going to use him in, in different ways. This guy's a guy's really good, man. I mean, he showed a lot of heart when he was in for a few reps. TJ, have you seen the latest news on the 49ers trolling the Saints? Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Jerry, I've seen that. Um, I didn't really pay that much attention to it because, I mean, honestly, it just wasn't worth talking about. That's I saw it, but, I mean, I didn't really want to talk about it. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, you can talk about that game and, you know, I guess, you know, the media blew up the George Kittle catch and stuff like that, making him look like he a Superman and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, what did they actually earn? Like, they earned a spot in the Super Bowl and an L on top of that. You know, nobody's going to care. Nobody remembers who was the opponent in the Super Bowl. They only remember who won the Super Bowl. So the way I look at it, yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, they won. Congratulations to them. But at the end of the day, like, what did it get them? You know, it got them the number one seed and the L in the Super Bowl. So, uh, Anthony, thank you very much for the $5, brother. He says, thanks for wishing me luck at practice, TJ. Coach said I need to work on my farting game. <laughs> Well, man, you got I be ripping them for that one. You know what I'm saying? You got I be ripping them for that one, my brother. I mean, he he'll he'll help y'all on that. You know what I'm saying? All things fart, we refer to I be ripping them. Uh, State of the Saints versus uh, Sports Coma uh, Eagles Perfection. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. You putting a lot of pressure on the dude to perform at a, on the show or whatever. But <laughs> thank you, man. Uh, happy birthday to Zion, by the way. Uh, Zion Williamson' birthday is today. If so, happy birthday to Zion. I wish him uh, many more. And I would wish him all the success, man. They're about five games back from making the playoffs. So they they chasing Memphis. And it, it's a long shot, man. They need some help. And they need to win these games. But nevertheless, uh, I think that, uh, you know, they're going to be up to the challenge. And if not this year, man, I'm really optimistic about what the Pelicans actually have uh, going forward, man, with with him and um, Lonzo Ball and, you know, some of these other uh, young players that they have on the team, man. Um, I'm not sure if Drew Holiday going to end up sticking around. I feel like, uh, you know, at first that was his team once uh, Anthony Davis left. I mean, you heard, like, the general manager and the coaches say that. But um, I really feel like, uh, you know, they probably going to end up going in another direction away from Drew Holiday, which I like Drew Holiday. He's a good defensive player and a solid player, but I think they might go – 
uh, you know what I'm saying, a different direction. And also with the head coach, man. I'm just not a fan of him either. I don't feel like he the answer uh, to the to the question. And I feel like uh, you're probably going to have to look at another head coach, maybe Coach Zion, if you're trying to make it deep into the playoff. No, no disrespect to Alvin Gentry. I mean, he's a well-respected guy, but we're talking about winning, folks. So I don't know if Alvin Gentry is the answer. Uh, I agree, definitely getting softer every year. Yeah, basketball is soft, man. With the potential emergence of a, a young wide receiver. I remember when the NBA was more fun in the 90s. That's why I watched old school basketball. Yeah, man, I remember that, you know, as a kid growing up. Man, these guys out here, man, they just soft. Like, even when I play in the gym, man, you know, dudes out there getting mad and stuff like that. They won't come to the lane. They don't want you to play no defense. You know, it's just... It's just sad, man, the way that some of these young cats play ball these days, man. Back in the day, you know, dudes just used to be physical and stuff like that, man. It was understood. But now these guys, you know, I mean, I mean, they just wear their hearts on their sleeve. They won't fight every five minutes, you know what I'm saying? If you, you try to, you know what I'm saying, get a little physical with them. Like, I don't understand these young cats no more. I, I really don't. Uh, talk about be a saint, wear a face mask. Um, I was about to attack a 49ers fan for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw it, man. I just, like I said, I just didn't care. I mean, it's not like they won a Super Bowl because of that. They got the number one seed, but they did nothing with it. Good afternoon, TJ. Do you think we have a, uh, have a football season? Sunday won't be the same without it. Um, I'm hoping so, man. I'm hoping that we have a season. And all signs lead to us having a season. So I don't see no reason why they wouldn't. Uh, drew a beast on defense. Yeah, he a beast on defense, man. I remember like uh, when they played against uh, Trailblazers in the playoffs when he locked down Damian Lillard. Um, Damian Lillard couldn't do absolutely nothing on him, but I do feel like, uh, you know, they want to make this uh, Zion's team. And I feel like uh, Drew Holiday, that might be that, that, that envious dynamic for it. You know, you go and you know, you leave the Sixers, you end up, uh, you know, coming to the Pelicans when Anthony Davis was here, when clearly it was uh, Anthony Davis's team, and then he leaves, and now it's your turn to be the leader, and nobody's really paying attention to you. Everybody's looking at Zion, asking questions about Zion, when Zion going to play, how many minutes Zion is going to have. And so I, I do just feel like it's almost like one of those situations, if I can think about the Carolina Panthers, and Cam Newton with Steve Smith. You know, Steve Smith was the unsung leader of the Carolina Panthers. But, you know, a young Cam Newton came along. And, you know, Steve Smith demands a certain level of excellence. And um, Cam Newton is not really wired that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not really wired that way. So to keep the peace, they decided to let Steve Smith go to Baltimore. And they allowed Cam Newton to be the leader in the face of the Carolina Panthers franchise. So I look at that the same way. Uh, when it comes to uh, Zion Williamson and Drew Holiday. Not the fact that he can't play. It's just the fact that I feel like they want to get somebody else in here that, you know, would be able to feed off of Zion and understand that Zion is the future. He's uh, being molded to be the leader of the franchise, and that's it. Uh, ATJ be balling up in the gym. Man, I don't know about all that. Like, man, me, me being 34 years old, I am. My best days are behind me. <laughs> Most of the time when I'm in the gym, man, it's just because of cardio. I'm not as good as I used to be. I can't jump as high as I used to be. But, like, when I was, like, in my prime, like, in my early 20s, yeah, I, I couldn't be touched. I could not be touched. Uh, Kobe Bryant was my guy, dude, passed away on my, I guess you mean birthday? Yeah. Yeah, that's sad, man. Kobe Bryant, man, I still can't believe he gone. Uh, Big Q and TJ, this is epic. 
Uh, man, looking forward to uh, being a part of the show. Uh, uh, Kev, you got that right. Man, y'all putting a lot of pressure on you, boy. But uh, <laughs> like I said, I really do appreciate it, man. Did you ever play football when you were younger? Yeah, man, I played football. Yeah, I definitely did, man. I played wide receiver. It was pretty good, man. You know, I was, I was pretty good at it. I had pretty good hands, like I see, you know, but um, I don't know, man. It's just something that uh, just kind of passed me by, man. I had like different hamstring issues and stuff like that, prohibiting me from being on the field. And uh, I don't know if I had like the passion to like make it to the next level. I feel like if I had the passion uh, to make it to the next level, I probably would be playing in NFL. I, I, I really believe that wholeheartedly. Um, I, I really believe that. Like I, I really, you know what I'm saying, could have, Ended up in NFL. I had the speed. I had the hands. I was a decent route runner. And uh, but you know sometimes like if you're your your heart not really into something, then you probably don't give it your all. So that was probably my issue. Uh, TJ had better hands than Ted again. I agree with that. I, I do. I I agree with that one. I, I agree with that one. I, I do believe that I got better hands than Ted again Jr. I'm not as fast as Ted again, but I, I guarantee my hands are better than his. Uh, what's the name of the show you gonna be on again? It's called the Sports uh, Coma with Big Q, the Sports uh, Coma. So uh, that that's the show I'll be on. Uh, about to go ahead head up out of here, man. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the live here on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching it. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search The State of the Saints Podcast. Also on Facebook, uh, search The State of the Saints Podcast. Uh, audio version available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you get your podcast, I'm pretty sure The State of the Saints Podcast is there. Uh, you can also activate by using Alexa. Just say, Alexa, play The State of the Saints Podcast. It will uh, give you the most recent episode. Probably will give you the last episode that we, we had when I went live. So uh, thank you all very much. Uh, once again, tonight, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be on the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys. Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, you can search Pro Media as well. I think it'll come up. But I'm looking forward to uh, being on a show with Big Q and uh, look forward to seeing you all there as well. And also continue to support uh, Josh uh, and Jesus. You probably see him in the chat. Uh, make sure that you guys, uh, you know, support his cause if you can. Uh, the GoFundMe uh, will be available um, immediately following this. I'm going to post it to the State of the Saints podcast so you all can check out the video and you'll get the link on how can you donate and everything like that. So uh, Casual Dex, I seen you come in. And also, man, thank you very much for your, uh, for your email as well, man. I checked that out too. So thank you so much. And thank you all very much once again for checking out the State of the Saints. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?